praise and worship today. Today is a one big family Sunday, which means the kids are with us for the whole service. And we do it every two or three months because we think it's important uh, that the kids are with us in worship and time for the Word. And certainly Easter Sunday is one of those Sundays where we love to have all of our kids with us. So what ha happens is, though, after worship, uh, if you want to, if you got a little, little one, Kenzie's got some bags over here, he's got some things, uh, coloring page, give him something to do, uh, maybe during, if they get antsy during part of the service at all. But anyhow, we know the kids are with us. It may be a little bit, a little bit more noisy or kids moving around, but to be honest with you, I love it. And I like it to know the kids are with us because if there's no kids in the church, there's no future of the church. And it is our job in the church to constantly pass on to the next generation the things that we believe and come to know in Revelation. Amen? Amen. All right, let's stand up on our feet. Say hi to a couple people around you real quick, and we're going to jump into worship after our video this morning. Good morning. Good
we're trying to keep together for fellowship is 55 more small group meetings of our church. Um, this week is the third week of the month. And just a reminder, at the church, we're, we're challenging you that one day during the third week every month, you take a day of fasting. And, and to bring out Jesus said, you know, when you fast. And it's not a public thing that you throw out to people. It's not something you do so people can pat you on the back and say, hey, it's spiritual. But, but it's one of those things that we do, and the Bible says we do it so Christ comes again. It's an emptying of yourself to be more full of him that he will meet you in that. So uh, one day this week, it's a challenge to do that if you can do so. And uh, other than that, the uh, next step is next Sunday after church, you can become a member only week at Urbana, sign up your back, and next week after church, we'll hang out and spend a little time together, get some food, and talk about what it means to be a participant uh, ongoing in our church. Amen. Well, if you've got your Bible, go ahead and get it out and go to the book of Mark, chapter number 16. Thank you, Chamberlain. And so today is Easter Sunday, uh, better Resurrection Sunday. And it's not that we think, uh, it, how many notice that Easter falls on a different day every year? Okay, it goes on a, a cycle, they actually follow the moon cycle, believe it or not, uh, when Easter falls. It's not that we, we believe necessarily today is the exact calendar day that Jesus rose from the dead, but it's the day that we commemorate and remember that Jesus Christ is risen. How many believe? Here's the thing about the Bible. And something I'd like you to, to think about today is this in itself can become very religious to you if you're not careful. That, that is just a bunch of nice stories that you kind of learn when you're growing up in, in, in uh, Sunday school or kids' church. And, and then we just kind of draw some principles from it and, and, and try to live by it. No, this is the story of a God who saves. And it's a real story. Amen. These words, flesh and blood in time actions of God interacting with man in this world in which we live. Amen. Now when we proclaim a risen Savior, listen, proclaiming a risen Savior on Easter Sunday it's not just a nice way of ending the story of Good Friday. Well, Good Friday, that, that, was, that was a big deal. He's crucified, he died. So we've got to put a nice ending on this. To kind of take the edge off of the crucifixion. Don't take the edge off the crucifixion. It was what it was. And we were here Friday night in, in a time of remembrance and that's a very impactful and powerful time that we, we had together on Friday. Don't take the edge off the crucifixion. Because the crucifixion did the work it was meant to do in Jesus on the cross. Amen. Amen. But the resurrection is not just a nice ending to the story. Well, that's just nice. It, it, it makes me feel better about the Good Friday thing. So let's talk about Jesus coming back and getting kind of leaving it there. The resurrection of Jesus was a real life in time event that happened. God was crucified and died on Good Friday. And God and Jesus was raised from the dead in actual physical form on Sunday, or the first day of the week, as John says. Amen. And it's not just a nice story, but listen to me, it actually, actually positively, it means everything. Yes. See, Mark chapter 16 is one of the gospel accounts 
of the resurrection of Jesus. Let's just go to verse number one. It says, when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James, and Sloan brought spices so they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb, and they were saying to one another, who will roll away the stone from the entrance of the tomb? And everybody knows the story after Jesus was placed in the tomb. They wrote a stone in front of it, sealed it, posted the guards at it. And verse 4 says, And looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled back and was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe, and they were alarmed. And he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. And I've got this, this is one little part highlighted in my Bible. It says, he has risen. He is not here. See the place where they had laid him. But go and tell the disciples to fear that he is going before you to Galilee. And there you will see him just as he told you. And they went out and fled from the tomb. For trembling and astonishment had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone for they were what? What did it say they were? Afraid. See, you've got, you've got to take just this, this a nice story out of this. Those that were experiencing the women that were in the tomb this morning, by the way, the very first gospel message of Jesus had risen was instructed to some women. All the ladies in the house say amen. Yeah, yeah. Notice that they were astonished. It gripped them and to the point that they were afraid. Can you imagine in the moment coming to this revelation and realization that they, they saw Jesus crucified, they saw the horrific way that he was tortured and nailed to the tree and that he died. They saw with their own eyes. And here, a couple days later, three days later, they go to, to perform some ceremonial spices and, and whatnot of the body. And he's not there in this angelic being greeted them and said, he is not here, he has risen. And it struck them in such a way, wonder and awe and amazement, even to the point of being a little bit afraid. I don't know about you, but I would have been. The, the, the specter of saying somebody has been raised from it. And it wasn't like, you know, uh, my daughter, she, she works at a hospital. Uh, in, in the summer and, and over Christmas break they brought somebody in that was coding and she got to do the CPR part on them while, while they're doing all the work and, and the person lived it wasn't that Jesus was coding for a few moments and they brought him back he was dead and he had died a horrific torturous crucifixion his body was broke down to the point that Psalm 22 says that he was unrecognizable that was the prophecy of what would happen to Jesus in the crucifixion. It's not a nice little ending to the crucifixion story. It is the power of God manifested in this lost and dying world. Jesus raised from the dead. Now we, we've been talking over the last few weeks about Jesus, and, and we started in our Easter series that he is Christ the sacrifice, and the week after that, he is Christ the Savior. Last week in the triumphal entry, we talked about Christ the King. 
For today is, is Christ the resurrection. You see, a, a savior and a kin cannot continually be a kin and continue to offer salvation if that one is dead. We will not worship a dead God. See, at the crucifixion, the hopes of what many thought Jesus may be, or the possibilities of fulfillment of prophets of, and the stories of Israel, they seem lost. But here's the wonder and the power of God. Can it be? Can the wonders of God be filled in resurrection? See, Christ the sacrifice, Christ the Savior, Christ the King, is Christ the resurrected. The power of sin is defeated, and new creation is realized in the resurrection of God, in the mighty act of God in the resurrection of Jesus. See, new creation began, it was inaugurated with Jesus being raised from the dead. Again, resurrection of the dead is a wonder to make us troubled and to be amazed. It should capture the curiosity of your imagination. How can this be? But certainly only in the power of God can we see something like this. It is of God, it is of our Savior, Jesus. See, see, as much as the kingdom of God is about the way of the cross, the kingdom of God is also about the way of the resurrection. And we have to know that. Romans chapter 4, verse 25. Let's go there for a moment. Romans chapter 4, verse 25. Picking up Paul's thought in this, this passage on the, the justification of Abraham by faith. And it just picks up mid sentence at the end of the sentence, it says, and it's talking about Jesus, who was delivered up for our trespasses and was raised for our what? Our justification. Jesus was delivered to the cross for our trespasses, our sins. The, the verse in 1 Peter chapter 2 where it talks about that, that the sins were sinned into the body of Jesus as he took him to the cross. He went to the cross for our trespasses, our sin, in our place, substitutionary work. But that he was raised in the power of God, in the power of the Spirit, for our justification. That word justified means making things finally right. That's right. When you are saved, you are justified, you are forgiven. And Jesus being raised for our justification is the finality of the work of the cross because he is making all things new. Raised for our justification. See, in the resurrection of Jesus, a new trajectory of this world has been realized. A new way has been opened. A new hope has been given. See, the fullness of the love of God is realized in revelation of Jesus on the cross. The greatest show of the love of God is Jesus dying on the cross. But the greatest revelation of the new creation which we are headed towards is the resurrected Jesus. That's right. The love of God realized on the cross and then in his resurrection we realize that new creation is the finality of the work of God. Again, a new trajectory for this lost world. Where would this world be headed if it wasn't for new creation? 
Where would this world be headed if God wasn't going to make all things new through Jesus? Where would we be headed? Where is the hope if there is no resurrection of the dead? Colossians chapter number 1, verse number 15 is one of the great, I say, anthems of, of descriptions of Jesus that we find in the Bible. Colossians chapter 1, verse number 15. And Paul writing here about the preeminence of Christ. He says that he is the image of the invisible God. In other words, God in flesh. He's the image of God in flesh. He's the firstborn of all creation. For by him things were created. The echo of John chapter 1. Through him all things were made that have been made. So all things were created through him in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Where the thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things. And in him all things hold together. And he is head of the body of the church. And he is the beginning, watch this, the firstborn from the dead. That in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell through him to reconcile all things, whether in heaven or on earth, making peace by the blood of his cross. The blood of the cross brings reconciliation of man to God. But then the fullness of the work of the cross is found in the resurrection, and Jesus is the firstborn among the dead. He is the prototype of what is to come. Jesus, you think about the big picture of creation. The God had Father, Son, Holy Spirit was active in, in the beginning God created. John chapter 1 confirmed that. But in our salvation, we receive what inwardly? New creation. Now it's wrought because of the work of Jesus on the cross. In our salvation, the Holy Spirit comes and does the work of regeneration with us, new creation. But that's not the end of the story. There's more new creation to come, and that's when he comes to make all things new. Amen. He's the body, he's the head of the church. The beginning of the firstborn among the dead. And the fullness of the resurrection of the dead will be the fullness of the reconciliation of all things back to God. <coughs> whether it's the things we see, whether it's the things we do not see. See, the resurrection not only brings completion to the work of the cross, but the resurrection shows us the life that God has for the family of God in the future. Jesus is the firstborn of the future resurrected family of God. Again, he's our prototype. Resurrected inwardly in salvation, but at time in the fullness of all things, physically changed to be as he is. So good news. Good news. There's hope. Good news. This is not the end of the story. As a matter of fact, we see the stories of the scriptures. Again, don't take them just as a story, but 
things that actually happen. You're saved not by ideas, you're saved not by things you think, but you're saved by the actual events of God in history. But that history that, that is given opens up for the future that does not end. The future of resurrection. What I love in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we, we were in this passage not long ago, came on Wednesday night. Let's go back there. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 54. First Christian chapter 15, verse number 54. When the perishable puts on the imperishable, and when the mortal, his body, puts on immortality, in other words, a new body, resurrected, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in what? Victory. What's that word say? I need to hear this this morning. What, what is it swallowed up in? There's a lot of people in this world that feel like they're losing all the time. They feel like every time they try to get somewhere, they're just knocked back, they're knocked to the side, there seems to be things unfulfilled, they feel unsuccessful. It just seems like life is not fully happening the way they'd like it to see. But the fullness of the victory of God in Christ is the fullness of victory in the resurrection of the dead. Because in the victory of our resurrected death is finally and completely defeated. Amen. Yes. Think about this. How many of y'all this morning, you say, I'm saved. You're new creation. How many, how many know? Okay. Now, if the Lord tarries, how many know you're also going to die someday? It's, that means that it's not fully complete as of yet. Right? All the things that we hope for, all the things that we dream about, though, though we live in this kingdom of now and not yet, we see glimpses of it, we experience it, it will not come into fullness until the resurrection of death, because at that moment, all things will swallowed up in the victory of God. So it goes on to say, oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sin? What is the ultimate worst thing that can happen to a human being? Death. That a human being ceases to exist in breath and life as we know it right here. Right? But God deals with this in the resurrection. When Jesus rose from the dead, a new creation began to walk this earth in, in brand new physical form. Again, the prototype of what is to come for the family of God. So it, it kind of goes like this. Whatever it is you experience in this world, in this life, from the time you're, you're conceived until the time you pass on, Whatever it is you experience, whether good, bad, up, down, up, you know, nice, ugly, whatever it is. And some of you have experienced some deep, dark, hurtful things. Those things will be absolutely positively swallowed up in victory at the resurrection of the dead. Because, again, God is faithful. Listen, God is faithful. 
and God will complete the work in which he has begun. God will fulfill the covenant faithfulness for all the things he has promised. And he will finish the work. And the finishing of the work, the finality of the work, is when he comes again and there is a resurrection of the family of God. Those who simply believe. And the victory of God will be completely and 110% finally realized in our lives. Amen. I love that passage. Death is swallowing with victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The resurrection of Christ steals the victory back from death. It steals the sting back from death. It completes the work of God. The great hope of who we have in him. The creation of God is being saved. And the resurrection of Jesus is the proof of that. That's why you must believe. See, you know, within the Christian faith, have you ever been to different denominations or different ways of, of, of modes of operation that people do things? But there are essentials that the united body of Christ throughout the world stands together in. Right? That's a linchpin of the united essential beliefs of the body of Christ is the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. If you take away the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, then all the things that we hope for are absolutely positively in vain. We believe that Jesus rose from the dead physically in bodily form. See, the cross of Christ and the resurrection of Christ are pivotal moments of human history. You hear that? The absolute pivotal moment of human history is the cross of Christ and the resurrection of Christ and what those two things mean. Pivotal moment of human history. See, God will make all things new. Not just for us, by the way, is a cosmic resurrection. All things, heaven and earth, all things are made new again. Amen. Amen. So in it we find the fullness of joy. We find the fullness of peace. We find the fullness of promise and covenant. Jesus is our life now and, and our life to come. And this will stand. Amen. So I'd, I'd like you to, to think about your life for a moment. Maybe, maybe for a moment, think about all the things you would put under the category of good. Maybe even wonderful. You know what I mean? We've all probably experienced some wonderful, great things about it. But also, I want you to think about the things that weren't so great your failures, your hurts, your pains. The times when you didn't feel like you measured up. I want you to step back from those two things. And, and these things, by the way, they absolutely positively have shaped your life and made you who you are. But you have to have the ability to take those and step back from it and then see a bigger picture happen. 
And as the bigger picture of the, the victory of God working its way into our world, first without salvation, but then the final victory of God and resurrection. Because when you see not only the good things, but you see all the bad things in life, and you, and you step back and you put it in the bigger picture of the victory of God and the resurrection of Jesus and what it means for you, it puts a different light on those things. It changes how you see them. It changes, again, what you then believe what God can do in you and through you to sustain you until he comes again. Because the work he's going to finish in a certain way has already started. And as we said in offering, that God will complete the good work that he began in you. That's now. And he's going to lead you, he's going to guide you, he's going to sustain you, he's going to heal you until he comes again and puts the, the final cap on the entire thing, resurrection and the victory of God. Do you believe? Amen. Do you believe? Yes. Yeah, that's the question right there. Now, I, I think again, our, our belief needs to take us back to those ladies that were the first ones to encounter the empty tomb. That would strike us with this, this, this sense of wonder. That can God really do this? And if you say, yes, I believe, then it opens up this, this incredible possibility about who God is and what he can do. Amen. And when that strikes you with a sense of, of, of amazement, of the power of a loving God who is working in our life in this world. And I don't know about you, kind of like those ladies, sometimes a, a, a bit of, not fear, but just a bit of, wow, makes you step back, wow. Makes you step back to say, my God, my God, my God, please save me. My God, please do a word to me. My God, please sustain me. My God, I'm looking for the victory of the resurrection of all things. Help me. As Paul, as Paul said that we would, we would uh, know him in the power of his, what, his resurrection. That we would know him in that. And let him do in our life the work that he said he will do. Amen. I believe. And that perception and understanding of that, just, listen, it changes everything. It actually changes everything. Because at the end of that first Corinthians chapter, we're reading Death, Words, Your Victory, Paul ends that statement and he says something like this. In understanding this, that he says, Your labor is not in vain. Because we're working towards wisdom, we're working towards it. He's coming again. And the finality of the victory that we find in the resurrection of Jesus. It's, it's not a story. It's not a nice story. It's, it's the power of God. Amen. Which you can live in. And you can experience. And walk a life with him. Amen. Until he finishes the work. Amen. Amen.
I want to encourage you this morning to if, if there's never a better Sunday to encourage you to make sure your heart is right with you. Today, today of all days. That you would do so. That that resurrection of Jesus strikes you in your heart. Why, why, why the cross? Why resurrection for you? Why the cross? Why the resurrection? Because of our sin. Why the cross? Why the resurrection? Because God loves his creation. Why the cross? Why the resurrection? Because he is making things good. And it can for you. So, if we were standing this morning, I'll, I'll throw it up to Just a prayer for a moment. We're going Remember and celebrating your resurrection today. In the understanding of the victory of God. The work of the enemy has been judged at the cross. And the power of death defeated the resurrection. Lord, and I pray that, that each person in this room, that they catch, they catch in their heart the magnitude of what that means. And we don't pass it by, we don't, we don't rush out just to go eat our good food today, but, but it captures our heart, it captures the sense of us that, that grips us wonder and, and awe and amazement. Now, friends, there's nobody here that walked out of here still trapped in their spirit. And in a place of unforgiveness for the work of the cross met for them. That they know that it's as simply simple as crying out to you. In repentance of our sins and just confession that, that you are Lord. And when we believe in our heart that you have been raised from the dead. There and by the seal of our salvation. For those that have wandered away from you, Lord Jesus, I pray that you bring them back in this morning. For those that have questions, I pray that you bring peace to their hearts. For those that feel they have failed too many times, that you remind them that your grace and your mercy is overflowing. For those that live in condemnation, Lord, you break them free of that. Lord, we don't, we don't complicate this, but simply look to you for our help and our salvation. And allow you to lead us into all things. We'll convict our hearts this morning. To live in you and to live by you and to live for you. 
Yeah, now, now your eyes are closed. I, I rarely ever do this, ever do this. But, but if you're here today and you would like to commit or recommit yourself to Jesus, I'm not going to have you come down for that. I'm not going to do any of that stuff. But just between me and you to recognize you because I'd like to connect with you later on and pray with you and talk about some stuff. But if that's you, just, just real quick, stick your hand up real fast. I'm going to put them back down. Okay, anybody else? Wait, one more moment. Anybody else? Okay, thank you. In Jesus' name. Blessings on us as we go today for those that raise their hand. Lord, I pray you just grab a hold of them, Lord. Grab a hold of them. And begin to show them a life in you that you intend. We're blessing on each one here today. I pray, Lord, that as they gather with family and friends, Lord, that there's something about the kingdom among them. For those that are going to see family that's not here today, I pray there's a witness there, Lord Jesus. Whether we're people who take this message of the victory of God and the resurrection of Jesus to this world, or we're light to the world. Thank you, Lord, for your work for us. We love you. We love you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, Margaret and I will be down here today. We'd like prayer this morning. Come on down. If not, we'll see you Wednesday night talking about a series on our word. Next Sunday, we're going to talk about the extension of Jesus and what that means. Be blessed as you go today. We'll see you next week.